0: Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We continue our examination of Elijah. Remember when we started looking at this? Because in the fifth chapter of James, when we were completing that, we saw that Elijah was given as an example. And just really think about that. I know I mention it just about every episode, but I think it's something for us to really understand that the Lord was giving Elijah as an example for us as to how to pray. Was Elijah perfect, et cetera? Those kind of questions drive me crazy. Of course, no man was perfect, okay? And we'll see as we get further on the account some things that he did. But for now, we need to pay attention to what the Lord is saying. He's wanting us to look at Elijah and what happened. And we've already seen that he prayed and the power of God moved. The power of God to not reign. Then the power of God to stand firm before the king. Uh, the power of God of provision. Okay, the, the woman, the widow woman, how her flower and oil did not run out. Uh, the power of God to bring forth the rain again the power of God, so as that fire came down and consumed the offering that was offered up, and that the prophets of evil were destroyed at the hand of Elijah. That's an interesting thing right there, too, right? So we're in the 19th chapter of First Kings, and uh, there's tremendous victory from the perspective of uh, the prophets gone and all this kind of stuff. And we saw in the last episode, the first four verses of this chapter, now he's got a problem, Elijah's got a problem, a woman's after him. And after this one woman threatens him, he says, you know, oh, God, just take my life now. I'm not better than my father's. So let me read these four verses again. And we'll continue on. Now, Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so may the gods do to me and even more. If I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow, about this time. In other words, if I don't have you dead, killed dead by this time tomorrow, may the gods do to me an even worse than what happened to them. And she meant this. And we see gods like that. We just go, oh, well, that was just pagan belief. They're not real. These are real, folks. Okay, these are real. These are spiritual beings, okay? Just because we can't see it doesn't mean that they're no less real. Verse 3. And he was afraid, this is Elijah, and arose and ran for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. So his servant's running along with him too, okay? So he leaves the servant there. Then Elijah goes, but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die and said, "'It is enough now, O Lord.'" Take my life, for I'm not better than any of my fathers. Don't you love the way the New American Standard sort of expresses that? It's just like a request for a a menu at dinner or something, you know? Uh, I'm requesting for myself that I may die. In other words, he had determined that his life had done everything that he needed to do. This is long enough, so God, let me just die, okay? Because he says, just take my life. I'm not any better than my fathers. In other words, I'm as good as dead. (laughs) I'm as good as dead because this woman's after me. Watch what happens. Verse 5. He, Elijah, laid down and slept under a juniper tree, a broom tree. And behold, there was an angel touching him, and he said to him, Arise, eat. Then he looked, and behold, there was at his head a bread cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and drank. And lay down again so here's what's happening you can imagine how physically taxing all this was and so now he falls asleep and he's awakened by an angel that's touching him that's shaking him he says to him arise eat and he did he looked and at his head there was a bread cake and there were hot stones and a jar of water so he ate and drank and laid down again so he laid down the rest some more now watch what happens. He lays down again. Verse 7, the angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him. (laughs) What is it? It's like Elijah's in the hospital right here. You know how the the nursing angels come along and wake you right when you fall asleep, right? Well, the angel of the Lord comes along a second time and touched him and said, Arise, eat, because the journey is too great for you. Uh Uh-oh, what journey is he talking about? What's going on? And it's interesting, you know, I wonder why this angel awakened him. Well, he touched him. Notice he doesn't shake him or anything like that, but he does touch him and awakens him. And it says, arise and eat. And I have a feeling it's sort of the idea that, yes, he needs physical rest. We all know that. We all do. He'd had the rest, but the Lord was not going to let him fall into a spirit of malaise. Okay? He wasn't going to let him fall into the thing of, oh, woe is me, woe is me, and lay around sleep all day and not do anything. So, second time, he says, Arise, eat, because the journey is too great for you. Last verse for the day, 1 Kings 19, verse 8. So he arose and ate and drank, and went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb, the mountain of God. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that exciting? So here he is, he has this encounter, he does what God tells him to do, and literally fire from heaven comes down and consumes the offering. And then he goes out and kills the prophets at the hand of the Lord by the creek. Remember that? And now he arises in the strength of this food, these two meals, these two cakes, this water, and travels for 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb, to Mount Sinai, Okay, I'm reading an interesting book related to that right now, Horeb and Mount Sinai. It's actually pretty good. If you want to know more about it, just drop me a note and I'll tell you where to get it. Um, but Mount Sinai and Horeb, some people think that's synonymous. They're probably two separate mountains next to each other, Okay, but it could be the same mountain. just called by a different name. Horeb actually means desert, so it's like the mountain in the desert. So he went to the Horeb, to the desert, to the mountain of God. This is the same mountain where Moses was. The same place. But he goes in the strength of that 40 days and 40 nights. I want to say, if I remember correctly, it's about 600 miles away from where he was. Something like that. That would be about right. 40 days. How long would that take? 10, 15 miles a day. Yeah, you could do that. But he went in the strength of that meal. We've already seen the Lord supernaturally do some things with him. We've already seen him do that, right? Remember what it was when he ran in the strength of the Lord uh, to beat Ahab's chariot? Well, here he is again, running in the strength of the Lord. May we do likewise. Again, I'm Dale. I'll see you again next time.